Sharon Rose Gumalo is better known as the Rose of Mamelodi. The model was diagnosed with a condition that essentially means she's intersex, but rather than allowing it to become a source of shame, she's used her condition to educate those around her. You were born with androgen insensitivity syndrome, AIS for short. Without getting bogged down in the science, just tell me how AIS has manifested in your body. So I have the complete version of AIS. So my body was completely insensitive to the androgens being the testosterone that my body secreted. Mm -hmm. So as a result, I I developed fully to female. All right. So, so, but what does it mean? I mean, we we know a little bit more about Mm -hmm. this kind of condition. Uh, Also, I think because we've been educated uh, by Casta Semenya's experience Mm -hmm. in this country. What exactly uh, does it mean for your body on the inside? So on the inside, I was born without a uterus and ovaries, which was would be expected of a female, right. but I have no uterus and ovaries. Instead, I had uh, undeveloped testes, which I also say gonads, I use interchange- interchangeably, yes. and but they were undeveloped, but they were just secreting testosterone. So I had to remove those because they had a chance of later developing into cancer. Hmm. Did, did you have any inkling from a physical point of view that there was something unusual about your body or your development as you were growing up? I think pre-puberty, I didn't even have any sort of inkling in terms of uh, having this condition. But it was only like when all my friends started getting on their periods and Mm -hmm. I was not getting my period. I was not getting my period up until 2012 that I went to the doctor and I found out why. How old were you when you found out? So I was 21. You were 21 already? 21. And you still hadn't got your period by that age? So so how did the doctor explain what was happening in your body? So I went to my mother's gyneco- gynecologist who mm-hmm. later became my gynecologist and he did a physical exam and he also did a sonogram. And he said that he can't see ovaries and he can't see a uterus on the sonogram. So initially he thought it's malarian agenesis. So the patient would be female, yes. but then they just don't have ovaries and a uterus. Right. So he initially he thought that, but then he did um, a hormonal test and he later did a genetic test for my karyotype and found out that I have XY chromosomes, which are typically found in males. So how did you respond to this? shock <laughs> mm. I was very very shocked and I yeah. think I even in my blog where I said you go through all the five stages of grief as well yes. so the first stage like you're just in denial and you just don't believe it happened I remember even with the first time that I went to the doctor and he said I don't have any ovaries or uterus and I, I remember just walking I think I walked for about five to six kilometers from the doctor's office to my mom's work yeah. and that walk just happened so quick because I was like literally just out of my mind How did your family deal with the reality of it? I think they went through it with me the whole way through. And I mean, it came as a shock. I think we just, when I went into the doctor, we just thought that it'd be something very logical. Like, no, just put on some weight. This Mm. is the surgery that you might need to take. This is a simple explanation and you'll just get your period or whatever. We never expected something like this. So for all of us, it came as a huge shock. And I think for me, the biggest thing was the support that I gained from them. So it was... We went through it together. I was going to ask you because I, I think it sounds like you're in a, a wonderful family mm-hmm. that provided that, that backup that you needed emotionally at the time. Yes. What, what sort of assistance were they able to give you as you process this information? I think the biggest thing, especially with androgen sensitivity syndrome, is finding out and growing up as female and thinking you're like, 
your typical female yes. is thinking that you have X, Y, six chromosomes and you have undeveloped testes in your body. And it's a huge shock. It's like, what does that mean? Does that make me still make me a female? What do I identify as? Does this change my sexuality? How I view myself? Yes. Or just unravels a whole lot of things that you never really thought about. But I think the one thing that my dad also asked me was that, like, who do you want to be? And mm. I said, I, I still feel like I'm female. Yes. And he said, you'll always be my little girl. Wow. And that for me was just... <laughs> That's amazing. Because because it is really about that, isn't it? About it is. how you see yourself yes. in the world. Yes. Um, were you able to easily explain to people around you what, what the condition was about and, and what the implications of it were? Not at first. Because I think the biggest shock is growing up and you expect your life to go a certain way and you kind of grow up go to school go to varsity get a job meet someone get married have kids and let the whole process like start all over again with your children and now having to actually have this something that disrupts that and you're like okay (laughs) and I think for me the biggest thing was I had to be comfortable with it myself and exactly say what does this mean if ever a person comes to me and says, well, you're not exactly 100% female, I could still say, well, that doesn't matter. That I still see myself as female. I feel female. I've been female. And that's the most important thing. I had to be comfortable with it by myself. Yeah. And also that also then made it much more simpler for me to explain. Do, do you still have difficulty explaining that to people? Are there still people who judge you for, for what they think? Is whatever their definition or their, the idea they have of what your condition means, is, is it still really misunderstood in that way? Big time, big time. I think mm-hmm. I find it easier as time goes along and you still find people that don't know exactly what is intersex and what is androgen sensitivity syndrome and people just believe, no, there's no such thing. There's literally just male and female and this yes. could never happen. Yeah. And so you find that. But I think a lot of it is, I always say to myself, what another person thinks of me has nothing to do with me. It's a reflection on them. And whether you choose to accept it or not, and it challenges a lot of opinions, and especially coming from a very strong Christian background that also challenged my faith as well. Mm -hmm. And you see as well in terms of how it challenges other Christians' faith as well. So really having to say, look, I can still respect or disagree with you and there's nothing wrong with a person having to disagree this is my reality this is my life and I can't force it upon anybody else how, how did you reconcile that that part of it I mean we, we the, the the start of Genesis in the Bible mm-hmm. starts with God creating male and then he creates a female mm-hmm. from that male and and it's it's very it, the, the lines in that story mm-hmm. I mean the story is very clearly delineated yes in terms of gender mm-hmm. and how both gendered individuals behave in that story how did you reconcile your Christianity with um, with your condition? I think there I had to accept that there's some things that I will never be able to fully understand. Mm-hmm. But in the sense that I believe that God created each and every single one of us and he knew exactly what he was doing. And I believe that he doesn't make any mistakes. And even there's one scripture in the Bible, I just can't remember where it is, where I think the disciples asked Jesus Christ, what did this boy do for him to be born blind? Mm -hmm. And he said, no one did anything. This was just done so God's power could be shown through him. And I think that was the whole thing that also gave me comfort is that whatever it is that's going to come out of my life, this is just basically going to be a display of God's power and grace. Do do you feel that? Do you feel like an instrument uh, uh, who is being used in a divine way 
in order to to break down the barriers and the fears that may be associated with your condition? Sometimes I do. And <laughs> and it's not every time that I enjoy it. I think I remember even so during the whole time when I went through the whole counseling after finding out, I remember writing down in a book that I would love to be an intersex activist. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe you are. <laughs> and I think but also with great power comes great responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not um, as amazing as the idea is. So sometimes I don't really enjoy it. Sometimes I just want to be Sharon Rose Lekhana Lokumalo and live my life yeah, and yeah. not having this pressure of being like an activist or a spokesperson. But I do feel I do I, I, I do feel that I'm God's instrument in that way. Because I mean there's certain things that we'd never be able to explain. And I mean this is not something that I did that changed my body or anything. This is how I was born. Yeah. Nothing, no one did anything wrong. I mean you can't blame anyone for this. And you'll never understand it. You know, it's it's so interesting what you said earlier about uh, about the perception of what other people mm-hmm. think of you and how that could have governed your life, mm-hmm. but how you made a choice for it not to. I mean, what must must it have taken? I'm trying to imagine for you to get to the point where you are comfortable enough with yourself to say, "I'm ready to be a Miss South Africa contestant." <laughs> I think at that moment, I had not even gone public yet about um, being intersex. Mm-hmm. So for me, entering my South Africa was like one of one of my biggest childhood dreams. Yes. And one thing that actually pushed me to enter my South Africa was I helped in a tutoring program for grade 11 and 12 students. So education was my main focus in yes. terms of entering South Africa. Yeah. But I think also knowing the perceptions that exist around being intersex, that I knew that I'm not public yet, but this is something that, that exists on record and the one thing that they do is that people can also find out a lot of things about you and once you become a person of influence they can be put out in the forefront and I think for me also my reasoning for coming out was I want to be able to take my story and tell it on my terms and not have someone tell it on my behalf Mm. Did did it ever come up during the, the pageant life during that process that you went through? Not at all No Not at all And and was that because although people knew they they had respect for for your choices yes yes because at the time i think only like my close friends knew and my family obviously and during the whole um south africa um, journey they also ask you is there anything that would possibly come out um that should we know we know about and i told them about it and they're like okay but well should it ever come out, we'll handle it, but that is nothing that will wow. stop you from moving forward. That's a very interesting thing mm-hmm. indeed. <laughs> uh, I just want to ask you about the issue of, I mean, I don't know whether this has already happened or whether perhaps it's going to happen in the future, but how do you think you'd navigate questions around your gender identity if you were in a serious relationship? It Most of the times I, I, I keep on, whenever I meet someone new, I was like, oh, do they know who I am? And most of the time they don't even know who I am. <laughs> so they don't know this part about me. Yeah. And it's, um, I mean, at the time when I found out I was in a relationship and then the relationship ended because of other reasons. And then I also had a serious relationship after that and then ended because of other reasons as well. Yeah. But I think for me, the hardest thing is also having to suss out how the person would kind of be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. And also my approach as well is trying to, because I know and I respect that a lot of people won't be able to handle something like this. Yes. I mean, people always think they're going to bear their own kids and have their own kids biologically. And now when something like this comes along, it might change the way they see things. So I prefer to tell people 
um, early on so yes. you can make a, a, a decision. And I always say to them, like, listen, I'm a big girl. I can handle it. I've yeah. gone through over years and years of this. So don't feel bad if ever this is something that you can't live. I'll actually respect you much better if ever you tell me up front in my face that, you know what, I thought I could handle this or I can't handle this. And I get that because, I mean, family plays a huge role. Mm -hmm. And especially being something like black and African, where having kids and having your own kids form such a huge the person might be alright but the family and we can't ignore that family also contributes True. a lot yes. so I've also had to be aware of those kind of implications and say listen if you can't handle it it's okay <laughs> tell me tell me how it was received on the occasions that you actually did reveal this reality so um I think at the time when I found out and with, with my partner then, it was like a huge shock for both of us. Because mm -hmm. even at that time, I was not ready to share because I was still battling it with myself and yes. as well. And I mean, it's it's quite an unsettling thing as well to also have to tell someone just like, this, this is what it is and these are the implications of it. And I mean, you already imagined the future and how yes. it would turn out. Yeah. And it's it, it can get a bit difficult, can get a bit emotional, to be honest. And I mean, it's, it's for someone who wants to have children wants a family and wants their life a certain way it's 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 hard to to really reconcile with that fact and try to force issues and you just say I love this person but there's this thing and I mean right. you've really got to say our, our values and our expectations of our lives and if ever it's not then let's keep it moving yeah. <laughs> you know you, you're very positive and you're very optimistic about how how people receive you okay. uh, how, how did these men the men you were in relationships with how did they receive this news and and how did they understand it I think for me, um, maybe also the kind of people that I'm interested in is also kind of very open-minded people. Oh. So it's never come from a place of judgment or they're like, what is that? Or are you a man or are you a woman now? Yes, so yeah. nothing ever, ever like that. But it's just, it's, it's, it's just more of an emotional kind of level that we really had to talk and navigate things. Hmm. T tell me, I mean, because you speak, uh, you've spoken a few times mm -hmm. about this future you had imagined mm -hmm. of having children. Is that still very much on the cards? Um, I think looking at my, I was actually laughing like I'm 27 now yeah. and looking at the time that I was 21, 22 and I wanted to be married by 23, <laughs> start having my kids by 25. It's too <laughs> early anyway. <laughs> it's too early. <laughs> but now I laugh at myself and I'm just, I was even telling my mother the other day, I'm like, oof. 30 is still quite a bit too soon to be thinking about <laughs> marriage for me even. So I think it changes. Um, I'll say it ch my my life plan has also changed because of different other reasons, not just because of um, having androgen sensitivity syndrome. So, and but what I will admit that it has been a contributing factor as well to mm -hmm. say it has actually opened up my eyes to a whole different perspective of life and what is it that I want to do with my life as well. So where now I'm in the stage of my life where my career is really my driving force and really pushing on that and everything else that's meant to happen will follow. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, there may be some, some very frightened girls, uh, boys, you know, women mm -hmm. and men out there who are probably very early on in this journey and have maybe just found out that they have uh, this particular syndrome and are trying to come to terms with the, the same reality that, that you already have if you had to give them a roadmap out of the fear out of the external judgment that mm -hmm. there probably will be maybe even the self-loathing that occurs from having this condition what would you say to them Sharon I think the biggest thing is give yourself time 
allow yourself to be who you are. And I think the biggest thing is being honest with yourself. Because a lot of the times that you find people try to suppress their true identity um, because of the world's expectations or family expectations. And you'll never really f- live a full life trying to live someone else's life or some of the expectations mm-hmm. of your life. So one, be honest with yourself. Give yourself time to go through all the actual stages of whatever it is that you're feeling and acknowledge whatever it is that you're feeling because the worst thing is trying to sweep it under the carpet because <laughs> that would just be a recipe for disaster. But allow yourself and understand that there's nothing wrong that you did and... Honestly, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And I know that in a lot of literature, they call this disorders, diseases, and it isn't. You're not a disorder, you're not a disease. And I think my biggest thing is that in as much as I've been diagnosed with this condition, I don't want my name and this condition to be synonymous. I want to be known for something else other than this. So I want to be Sharon Rose, the Kronolokumal, who's known for one, two, three, four, but who happens to be intersex. So, and I think that's the biggest thing, that there's more to life than this. And you don't have to share because... Part of sharing was part of my healing process as yes. well. But if ever you're not the kind of person to share, you don't have to share with anyone. This is your thing and you're w- well within your rest to do whatever it is that you want to do with it. Sharon, you're such an inspiration. Thank, Thank you so much you. for coming in to Thank talk you, to Joanne. us. Thank you, Joanne.